1: the word inch has come up i can't resist (laughs) hello and welcome to in the pocket my name's johnny
2: and my name's chris
1: two totally average bass players and we're here to talk all about that bass as well as answering your questions at home each week we take a look at the latest news break down some turns to give you the lowdown on the low end chris my dear how the devil are you this week
2: i am doing absolutely wonderful jonathan dibble it oh. has been a lovely day for me today i've done absolutely nothing how about you
1: oh that's excellent lovely i love doing nothing um i wish i could do nothing i have been um at work all day for the nine to five, baby. Um, and what then, a way to make a living! I know, right? I'm basically Dolly. Um, so, yeah, just not not that exciting, to be honest. But it's I've got one more day, and then a day off, and then it's like the last day of term where I work. So, yeah, oh yes, exciting stuff! I'm I work all year round. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me, but it's like a woo, like a celebration kind of day. So,
2: oh, so I mean, this yes. is. I don't see how this is base relevant, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Hard hitting journalism. Um, so you don't work like teachers do. Do you not have six weeks off? No,
1: no, I work all year round, which is kind of better. I've worked, I've done, I've, I've worked holiday. Uh, I've worked time time before and it sucks. It sucks, man. Oh, okay. All it's, right. It's good for Fair enough. Woohoo! six weeks off, but then ugh, no, I'd rather I, you get bored. <laughs> I'd rather have the, uh, the, be able to book it off whenever I want. But anyway, there we go. Maybe one day, um, be able to do bass base stuff full time, and then you do not know, have to worry about any of that, and I could just do it whatever I want when I want. So that'd be fun.
2: Exactly. Do what I do. Have the opportunity to do it whenever you want. Don't do it, and then panic that you haven't done it.
1: What a wonderful whirlpool of anxiety and dread.
2: Exactly. Dolly never sang about any of that, did she? <laughs> tell me, tell me, Mister Dibble. What bass-related things have you been up to this week? Uh,
1: this week, I actually um, met up with our friend and friend of the podcast, Matt Parker, uh, and we recorded a lovely video together in person, um, doing like a bit of a blindfold test of all my bases. So he was playing them, I was blindfolded, and we were playing a game to see if I could, I could uh, tell what was what, basically, just based on sound alone. And almost rank them as well and saying what i like and don't like along the way and it was really interesting uh hearing someone else play your bases through your rig is is really strange um but matt did a great job and yeah it was good fun at time of recording the video is is well time of release sorry should i say the video is out now so you can go and check it out on, on my youtube channel but yeah super super fun that's pretty much it for me i think what about yourself
2: Young man. I was just picturing you blindfolded and got uh, completely spaced out then. Anyway, uh, so I uh, what have I done? Uh, it's wedding season, so lots of weddings and all that jazz for me. Um, time of recording for us, we are on Tuesday, right? I hope it's Tuesday. It is. Um, I yeah did a couple of weddings over the weekend, did my Jam Night gig, two different weddings, both in the Northwest and both under an hour and a half away in the car, which is an absolute blessing in my line of work, I can tell you that. And uh, then on Sunday, I um, slept terribly, uh, for reasons I can't quite understand, and then was driven to Wales for a festival that I did with my friend Tom. We have a band called Tom Byron and the Players Club. It's very good, but of course I am biased, because You know, I'm in the band and uh, we played at this festival and let's say it was a humbling experience because, you know, when people say they played to no one, usually they mean like four or five people, you know, someone's girlfriend, the sound guy, a couple of people who work at the venue, a couple of stragglers. No, 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 we played to no one. Well, actually, we played to the sound man who was actually on my left. So was not off was not even in the audience. But, uh, but yeah, we had a good time. Um, it was a fun gig. We all have a lot of fun together. It was a logistical disaster. Um, God, I hope he's listening. Uh, Lewis, the drummer, tunes into this podcast, which is very nice. So shout out, Lewis. This is your well-overdue shout out, because you've been grilling me for months about this. He was told by the festival organizers his shells would be provided. So kick... Tom's, and I think he was told to provide everything else. So the lovely, lovely Lewis showed up with his snare, his stool, his stands and his cymbals. We got there and the front of house guy, the, the, the rental crew that had rented in the PA said, no, no, no no drums here, mate. <laughs> so um, agony. So we had to improvise and we got the snare sorted. Nice little, nice little SM57 on the snare. Um, some random microphone to try and catch one symbol, and then we borrowed from the guy who was on after us one of those like acoustic stomp boxes.
1: Oh my god!
2: You know, that people stamp on to yeah. play. Um, let's just say it—it it wasn't the best live kick drum I've ever heard, but um, we got through it. Let's call it that. Uh they were all everyone everyone who worked there at the festival was very nice. The free people we met were very lovely. And um they gave us some free beer, which was always nice. Yeah. And then we went home. Uh we were on really early as well. We were on at one PM, which was lovely. And uh I got home at seven and went to sleep at half past seven. So that's been my uh my base journey for the week.
1: Excellent. Well, I hope that wasn't it sounded like it wasn't as stressful as it could have been. Um, but that sounds like a disaster overall. Um, I can't think of anything worse. In fact, of, uh, turning up and just not having the things that you were promised to have. Um, we've had it before. Yeah. We've had it before when like cabs haven't been there or something and we've you know made do in, in some ways, but the whole drum kit essentially. Jeez. I thought he was going to say like, we had to go around someone's house, get the pots and pans out, playing those, the big saucepan
2: well we were in snowdonia national park so um there wasn't anyone oh my god
1: i wonder because i saw saw you sent me a video of this and oh my god it it looked lovely (laughs) but i thought i wonder what that was on the ground i'm guessing it was like kind of snowy there right was it
2: no that was gravel that was gravel that was hard rock not the genre the uh, put those horns down not um not uh, not the genre uh, the um, the substance the building material if you will wow. yeah um yeah it was interesting uh, but you know we had a good time i know I talked about this podcast a lot about like i mourn too much for my own good but we actually all had a really good time we were kind of just like laughing our way through it and between every song Tom yelled hello Glastonbury at the top of his lungs, which was so incredibly funny. Oh, and then it absolutely chucked it down. No. So um so uh neural DSP, if you're listening, um you'd be pleased to know that the quad cortex is indeed rainproof. And I don't oh mean God. like a drizzle, I mean like, oh crap, we should cover this over. We we ended up putting tarpaulin all over the pedal boards and the monitors anyway, but for a good two minutes, they were getting hammered with real, real rain. And it appeared to be fine. So that's good. Although one of my patch cables broke, so that's a bit disappointing.
1: I'm amazed
2: that you were okay with that. (laughs) I would be like, oh my God, no, move it right now. Yeah, it was one of those where it was like, I was very ill. I did not feel good. I, I was I was at the the crest, the peak of a cold. So I was barely hanging on. But um, I thought, give it, you it can, it can hang on for a few seconds until I move it, and then there was uh some sheets got covered over, and then it appeared to be fine. But um, yeah, I like I like to think a product like that could be rainproof. Maybe it can't, but uh, we'll see. But so far, so good for the weather, at least. Excellent stuff.
1: Well, lovely. Well, it sounds like. Could have been worse. At least your spirits were high. Um yeah, we all hate we hate gigs like that. We turn up and it's just like a, a paid for practice, essentially. Um I know. Done many of those in my time, but the one I did recently didn't doesn't it wasn't as quite as bad as that. Um that's okay. There we go. Shall we um move on to our first question?
2: I think we should do just that. Don't take the piss. Do you want me to leave that bit in? If you want. (laughs) don't take the piss. Dickhead. It is time for question numero uno. Hit me with it. I like this one. Headless bases, yay or nay? And this cheeky monkey, whoever they are, has actually technically asked a follow-up question, but um, worded it as a statement. So, headless bases, yay or nay? And your opinion on the Ibanez, deep breath, EHB10005SMS, short scale, five string. Do you want to break this into two parts? Because I think it's kind of, it is two questions in my opinion. Um, Would you like to go first?
1: Yes, yes, I'd love to go first. Um, So if you'd asked me like a year ago, a short scale, oh God, what am I talking about? I'll talk about the short scale in a minute. Headless bases, Um, I think, actually, um, it's a yes from me. It depends on what the bass is like. Like, I wouldn't like just like a headless P bass or something stupid like that. It has to really fit the I would. Base, would you?
2: <laughs> yeah, why not? Because it would be awful. Nah, not necessarily.
1: All right, man. Is this going to turn into a big bass debate? we're gonna like
2: they could do we can we can carry this on at the end if you want (laughs) this isn't the part where we argue this is the part we just agree and act intellectual that's earlier in the podcast headless faces
1: um yeah but i'm all for it shut up
2: johnny jesus
1: i'm gonna lose my head get it do you get it oh nice
2: all Um, right keep your head on
1: so headless faces yeah yeah i like them i think they're cool um i'd love to have one one day i think it would take me a long time to get used to it though i'd be like going to tune and be like Huh? what's going on um but i think they're cool i have to say and this kind of links into the follow-up question that it was the ibanez zhb series that really turned my head to headless bases because before i was like kind of indifferent but when that came out i was like oh yeah yeah, that just like suits it so well and looks so good. Um, so I'll talk more about the specific base they're talking about in a minute. But yeah, that bass really, uh, pun not intended, uh, turned my head towards Headless bases.
2: Very nice. Uh, we will transition into that particular Ibanez in just a moment because it was also the EHB series that turned my head pun intended, Ah. uh, towards headless bases. I very nearly bought one. I really, really nearly bought one in 2020. We've talked Mm, about it before. I remember. Um, I asked, I went to the PMT in Manchester. They'd brought one in for me to try. And I think I would have bought it if it wasn't for the fact that basically um, this would have been June time, 2020. So we're talking hardcore pandemic. The shop's open, but they're only letting like five people in at a time. Um, and if you've been to PM, if you've not been to p m t in manchester it's really big like it's it's a really big shop, so they were only letting like five people in you could not touch anything unless they like you know it was like pre agreed you were calling and you could only they'd only let you touch the thing that you said you'd come in to look at that kind of thing and I think the slight pressure of the scenario I was in was just enough to make me go, "Nah, maybe I don't want to buy this." You know, I think I think a little bit of my brain wanted to leave the shop. Yeah, you're like because I enjoyed the bass, but also I wasn't too familiar with a five-string at the time as well. Never really played one that much. So, that was a bit weird. So that plus the the scenario or the environment made me not pull the trigger in the end. But yeah, headless basses, I really like one. I would really like a status graphite in the future, like a headless one. That's a cool one. 100%. I live to wind people up, so I would absolutely love to play in a wedding band with a headless bass just to watch people be like, what what the hell is that? Uh, I think they're great. Um, The tuning thing doesn't bother me, and I'll tell you why. In my former life as a guitar player, I had a guitar with a Floyd Rose tremolo. And if you don't know, what you do with Floyd Rose Tremolo is you lock the top note like you would with a headless bass and you fine-tune it at the bottom where the bridge is. Hmm. So basically, I was already used to that mechanic because 15-year-old me had been doing that for a few years. Anyway, so yeah, headless bass is big films up for me. Um, the In regards to the short-scale five-string, there's not too much I can say on this one because... Um, I have never played short scale bass, minus that bass six that Matt Parker brought round once. But I was um, I was yet to be convinced by mm. the land of the bass six, as we know. Bit of a difference, um, kettle of fish as well. The bass six, I think. Yes. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. But I'm not used to a short scale bass. I don't know how a five string short scale plays at all. But well, I'm going to ask you about that in a second, and. Um, Yeah, I can't comment because I've got no understanding of how that instrument is put together, but I imagine it'd be pretty good, really. Johnny, uh, you met up with our dear friend Matt Parker, who gets a lot of shout-outs on this podcast. How did you find his short-scale five-string compared to a normal Mm. five-string?
1: So I've actually played his short-scale five-string before. um, Oh, my God. When we went to the... Birmingham guitar show together.
2: You Um, did! Yes, of course.
1: Yeah, so that's when I first played it. And it's exactly how he described it, really. It kind of definitely adds its own character. It doesn't feel like a super flubby, like, B-string like you'd kind of expect. Um, Yeah. And that's what I think this bass as well, uh, with the Ibanez, uh, in question, gets right because it's actually a multi-scale. So it's not a short scale on that b string it's a 32 so it's a medium scale on the on the b and then a 30 inch scale on the g so that one would be even even better
2: and is a 30 inch scale the normal scale length for a short scale
1: that's right yeah so normally it's 34 for a full scale 32 for a medium and 30 inch For a short scale and then two inch for uh, Chris Horrocks.
2: Beep, beep, oh beep, my beep, 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 beep. i got it the in. worst part is the worst part is i i saw i saw your eyes i saw i saw your devious devious little little west country face light up there when you thought <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna zing him
1: i'm gonna, I'm gonna zing him oh,
2: the word inch has come up i can't resist <laughs> i i simply i simply can't resist a good inch oh my oh, gosh gosh um
1: but yeah, that Ibanez, I, I'm, I'm for it. I think that that helps it even more. Uh, and it comes in like that emerald green or the grey. I actually think the grey is really cool. Um, yeah. The only thing I don't like about these ones so much is um, it's got the cheaper Bartolini pickups in it, I think. And I've played the long-scale version of this with those. And I wasn't that blown away by them. I, If I were to get one of these... Um, i and i wish it was a five string not a six string um i would get the ehb 1506 ms um but if that six was a five please this insane uh black ice flat finish they call it but it's like a crazy bell um with Nordstrand pickups as well instead just looks incredible with this poplar bell top um, if you check the chat, uh, Chris, you can cut this back out if you want. I have sent you a link to it.
2: No, we're going to do a live reaction. Oh, boy. Which I'm not into. Oh, I remember this well. Yes, absolutely. That is lovely. It's insane. That is very, very. I think a good base needs to, But well, you need to look at it and go, oh, that would be a nice kitchen worktop. <laughs> Ooh, that's how, that's my thoughts on it. Ooh. Hundred percent. Ooh, like that's got some. Did I
1: nice marble?
2: It always got some nice marble. Ooh, uh, did I tell you how I remember the difference between Bartolini and Nordstrand? Because obviously, one is regarded as a little bit better than the other.
1: I mean, that's subjective, Chris. But yes, no. Well, the no.
2: pe well the people whose opinions I value on the matter, aka smart people, um. <laughs> Call oh. it B- Bart, call it Bartolini Fartolini, and then Nordstrand.
1: Great, Perfect. I like it, um,
2: Bartolini. If you're listening, I am sure your pickups are great. I have played neither product, and I'm more than happy to be bribed. I mean, convinced yeah. that your product is the best one.
1: <laughs> uh, I've I've only had two playing experiences with Bartolini's and not like them, um, and that. But I I hear that that is because it is the cheaper ones that I've played, not their, like, high-end ones, which are
2: meant to be, like... I mean, I mean that does make sense. I mean, that doesn't... Oh, you know what I found out the other day? I found out all Seymour Duncan pickups are hand-wound. Are they really? Or was it the quality control is still hand-done? It was something that made me go, oh, wow, yeah, wow, that's pretty good for something of that product pricing. It's funny how that really, like... Obviously, it makes a difference
1: because of price, but, like then we go that's really cool like a person has done that like i find it fascinating that ashdown is such a small company like yeah it's such a small setup with t- t- like hardly any people working
2: there and you think of like ashdown big name in the bass ant world mm. you know. wild
1: wild but there we go
2: it is interesting and also we'll we'll get back around to it in a minute but there was a there was a lot of ashdown knocking around at glastonbury i would like to add
1: oh oh Bebe, let's oh, talk about be-be-be. that in a minute should we hurtle our yes. way
2: towards that section now by moving on yes let's move on to not that section but the section before it oh boy i can't believe i'm saying this it's question two already that's oh. right johnny it's no news this week
1: oh my g o m god
2: would you like to explain to the people why there is uh, not really any news this week
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Because it's just been pretty quiet. Glastonbury's been on. It's probably not a great time to announce things in the music world right now. So just just pretty quiet. So we thought we'd just give it a miss this week and just crack on with your questions, innit? We can just crack on. Um, So that's why we're in question two.
2: Question two. Advice for someone new to and scared of playing with others and no local jam nights. I mean, there's no question mark at the end, but I think we should answer it anyway. Yes.
1: Uh, it's just a statement.
2: That, it is. that, that is advice.
1: Fo- advice to follow, apparently. Yeah. It's like an article headline or something. Yeah. Um, So this is... Uh, and I, I can kind of relate to this question, so I thought it was quite a good one. Um, because I still sometimes get a bit of like, mm, about playing with some people. Like... I don't know why, but I feel I I go really up and down whether I'm comfortable just like straight up jamming. And you're the opposite of this because and I thought this would be interesting for you as well, because you go to and, you know, your your weekly jam night.
2: Very true. <laughs> as someone who is sorry, your audio just cut out then, so I assume there was oh. a follow-up question. Uh very true as someone who every Thursday for the last oh, well over a year, um, has been the house bass player for a jam night, you would think I am very much up for a jam at all times and I'm very, very comfortable playing with complete strangers. However, I'm really, really not.
1: Mm, I'll tell you why.
2: I'm so glad about this, but yeah, go on. There are, of course, I'd say most of the time I'm pretty well up for it, like... Part of my job is a lot of the time I am playing with people that I've never met before and I very quickly need to get along with and play a gig, uh, whether it is a jam night and we're only going to play for like 10 minutes together and then I might never speak to this person again, or it's a wedding band where we're about to play for about three hours together playing lots and lots of material. God, I hope we get along, that kind of thing, or we've been sat in a car for a few hours and then we're going to play a gig. You know, like the other week, I met up with a guy at like a pickup point on um, a housing estate near me, and we both drove in a car together for three hours, played a wedding, then drove for three hours back home. So we were together for about 11 hours, I'm going to say. So you've got to get you, you got to be good with people, is what I'm saying. But even someone who jams with people as much as I do, sometimes you really don't want to do it. I think it's part of how sociable you are feeling at that particular moment. I have. I go days on end where I don't want to speak to another human being. But that's just that's just how I'm put together, really. Difficult to say about um advice about being scared of playing with others. I mean the first thing to say is you don't have to. You definitely no one's making you play with other people if you don't want to. I've got quite a lot of mates who are really good guitar players who just sit at home and learn songs because they want to. They are never gonna gig they don't want to play with other people. They don't want to film anything or post it on social media. To them, it's just a hobby and they like doing it. And they do it at home. They do it at home. They have fun. They put it away and then they go to work or something like that. So if you're, again, I don't know this person, if you're scared of doing this because you feel like you have to, you definitely don't have to. No one, no one's making you do that. But if you want to and you're nervous, it doesn't help to be... You know, it can't help to be prepared. That's usually always a good example I like to say. Uh, be as prepared as you possibly can. If you're... Mm, you know what? I was going to say go to a jam night and learn everything beforehand. Really practice... But if there's no local jam nights to you, that obviously makes it a little bit trickier because Mm. that's a really easy way in to meet other people. Mm. I
1: mean, educate me here, here, Chris. How does a jam night actually work then? Because in my head, I'm like, (laughs) no one knows what they're going to do when they turn up. They just jam, you know. Uh, So, okay. how, How does that work? Because from my perspective, that, if you're if you're worried about playing with others the idea of a jam night is just so far away from you know that that's like the other end of the scale i would have thought like you got to be super
2: comfortable playing with other people to do a jam night shortly
1: unless i'm missing something so can you
2: can well you, you are me? still you know you are still playing in front of other people that can be that can make you nervous. You're still playing to other musicians. Again, that's gonna make that could make you nervous. Um, I'll tell you what, the way our jam night works is you've got the house band, but more importantly, you show up, you write your name on a clipboard, and you say what instrument you play, whether you sing or not, and you write down. We ask you to write three songs down. And then at some point during the evening, we will call your name up once we've got to you on the list. Usually we do first come, first serve. And uh, you get up and we play your free songs. In a perfect world, that person has got there with enough time for me to run into the back room and at the very least listen to the song you want to play once and then scour the internet for chords and try and kind of like, oh, the bass kind of sounds like this. I've kind of got to learn your song in the length of the song, mm-hmm. which sometimes you can do, sometimes you can't do. We do get people coming in asking for like things that like, I'm sorry, we can't play that. If you want we can learn it and you can come back next week and we'll play it. But you do get the odd person who like come up, like, give over. Yeah. No Polifia. no one here can play that. Well, i I've had a lot of I've had a lot of guys asked to ask to get up and sing Rush songs. And we've been like, What the hell is wrong with you? A lot of Led Zeppelin as well, obviously, and apart from like the obvious ones, Led Zeppelin's actually really hard on bass, but um yeah that's what you do you put your name down you just jump up there's no pressure if you mess up you mess up no one cares and we've had it where people have messed up and people in the audience have been um less than nice about that person messing up and the whole room has verbally abused them for it which is really nice because it's just a it's just a zero expectations just get up and have fun like we're in the, I'm, I'm in the house band and we mess up all the time because sometimes someone gets up and asks to play a song like we did um what's the Beatles song oh we did don't let me down by the Beatles which famously um has a bar of 5 at the end of the chorus and uh Muggins here just completely forgot just no idea just kept coming in a full bar early and everyone was like Come on, man. It's Don't Let Me Down. And I'm like, yeah, well, sorry. What are you going to do, eh? Cool. Just call me Paul, he said. Exactly. Oh, Ringo. Um, anyway, yeah, but um, no local jam nights is a tricky one because I would say jam nights are a great opportunity to get down. Um, are there any like, open mic nights or anything like that? Um, at the worst, worst possible option, maybe you've got some pals you can just all meet up one day at someone's house. You know, Again, no expectations, just invite your mates around and if you play for two minutes and then watch telly for four hours, that's still a win. Or you all sit around and play songs you like all night, that's cool too. Um, If I may offer a bit of advice though, as, as it comes to being scared of playing with other people or being on stage, best advice I ever got was literally just feel the fear and do it anyway. Because if you try to... Right, have you ever been to a swimming pool? and the water's really cold. And you do the thing where you go down the ladder one foot at a time, and you try to acclimatise, and it, it just seems to be getting colder. You get up to your knees. It's the worst thing in the world. You get and, to the bit that's between your legs. And yeah, it's even worse. That's the equivalent of the gig, I think, the worst bit. You've got to exactly. Get yeah. So dipping your toes in is agonising. But if you just think oh sod it and you do a running dive bomb yeah it's horrible for about half a second and then you go oh it's okay unless it actually is really cold and you get hypothermia, but that's a very different story but the point i was making is um if you're able to get on stage and if you know what you're going to play learn the song there's no harm in overlearning it i've i've got an audition for something in a week and a half and I've been sent two songs, and I already know the two songs, am I playing each song ten times a day because I really want to win the audition? Yes, I am. There's nothing wrong with that. Just being over-prepared is a pretty good habit, I'd say, to get into, especially as a musician. But, um, yeah, I hope that helps. Johnny, have you got anything to add to that? Because...
1: Uh, it is a tricky one i think that was excellent advice coming from you know someone who deals with what i think are quite stressful playing situations often when you're not given much time to learn them i myself am an over learner and hate going into something not practiced enough or 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 unprepared Uh, my brain just doesn't work that way um i'm like oh no thanks um And, you know, I understand the feeling of being scared of playing with others because, you know, ultimately you're afraid that, I'm assuming that you're afraid that you're going to make a mistake in front of somebody else who's then going to judge you for that mistake. Musicians make mistakes all the time. Like, I... No, we don't. (laughs) Not real musicians.
2: Um, And sometimes... (laughs) Not true. Not even remotely true. Sometimes
1: that is like the the thing that makes live music good sometimes is like i don't know like just that kind of feeling not like blatant cock-ups where it sounds awful but like little bits where they're not quite like the original or something like that is is fine um and i think that you do just have to I, i personally would like to get in a practice room with people for a long time before taking something out um on to a gig and that's how i've always done and things like that i think the advice of doing it with someone you know is really good or something that you can lead on maybe um you know if you're like oh can we do this song the one that you know really well you know and, and start that way perhaps instead of jumping in the deep end and learning a load of stuff you're not comfortable with maybe looking at introducing some ones in like a covers band of of songs that you do know and and that you enjoy and getting through it that way kind of easing yourself in in a way if you're in that position of control or can be so yeah i think great advice chris and um i I hope that i've added
2: ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Among my ramblings. But yeah. Good luck, I say. And uh let us know how you get on.
2: Absolutely, good luck. And um I promise you, I absolutely promise you, one, you're not as bad as you think you are, because we are all well I know I am, um, our worst critics, absolutely. And and I know this is true because I have lots of videos of me playing at, on stage. Where I have messed up, there is a video looking at me, messing up, and I've gone back through the footage and gone, I'm struggling to see the mistake or hear the mistake, and I am looking at me while I make the mistake. That's how minuscule Mm. some of the errors you'll make on stage can be but we talked about this when daisy was on a few weeks ago like you know you'll do one mistake and be like i am the worst bass player ever this is terrible i yeah. i should be ashamed that i even think i can play this instrument and then someone else next to you will go no we had a really good time then you sounded great
1: yeah and you're like i have ruined this whole thing everyone looking at me right now thinks i am yeah. such an idiot you know i get that at gigs all the time i'll be like i've messed that up that like people are they're all eyes eyes on me right now because they heard that I played that not quite right. And yeah, then, like it in, in, in all seriousness, it's like nobody knows at all. Yeah. Like, at all. You know? Exactly. The blessing of a bass player.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No one even knows whether Shall we move on? Let us do that. Johnny, I think this is going to be the quickest podcast we've ever done, potentially. Oh boy. But that's okay, because I can drag this next bit for ages. It's time for the Big Bass Debate. Oh boy. Johnny, would you like to tell the people what we are not necessarily debating, more like... I'm fangirling over.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, this is the brand new section. We've not done it before. Um, it's the Lizzo appreciation section of the podcast. Um, Yas, queen! <laughs> slay! Where each week we um, break down a Lizzo base. No, we're not doing that.
2: But... Wait, that that would
1: be actually mint. That's the side pod coming, coming soon. Um, the actual thing we're gonna be talking about is kind of lizard related because it is uh glastonbury glastonbury festival has just finished um at time of recording and yeah we're still getting over some of those incredible scenes that were there in the set i've got multiple people i know that went um i'm you know i'm in somerset that's where i live so it's literally it's like probably for me i think it's like a Forty-five minute drive, maybe for me to get to at, to get to the festival site. I think, um, and yeah, but I've never been, never been before. Still, um, ooh, it's right down the road. It's right, on me doorstep. Um, but no, Michael Lewis hasn't invited me. Met him several times, but he ain't invited me. Um, maybe next time, eh? But yeah, so many great sets, uh, headline-making sets, and that means so many bases for us to spy on <laughs> now despite neither of us being there we have been catching up online where we can I know Chris you've watched a little bit more than me um so I'll let you lead on this one to tell us what are the favorite kind of bases and ba- it's little glimpses of base rigs as well that we saw on stage uh at
2: Glastonbury so
1: won't you kick us off with one
2: Gladly. Uh, and yes, I have watched a little bit more than you because all I have done pretty much for the last two days is watch Glastonbury footage and I still have quite a bit left to watch. Uh, so yeah, this was actually really good for the base players. Um, I will start with one exception though, um, a particular gentleman who I don't think, I'm sure he had a good time at Glastonbury, but um, I didn't have a good time watching him. And uh, it was Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Uh, I love Duff McKagan. Um, I love all his basses. I have a Fender Aerodyne, um, which I will sell in the future, just so you know. And Guns N' Roses, love Guns and Roses. They've been a bit controversial. Some people have said the Glastonbury set was amazing. Uh, I personally kind of think they should start winding it in as a band, because Axl Rose is definitely on the way out, yeah. and um. I know this isn't relevant on their quality as the band, but their mix was so insanely bad. The first sort of like five songs that they played were just drums, one guitar, slash when he took a solo, and Axel Rose, really quiet. So the reason why Uh, I mentioned Duff McKagan is you're amazing, you really are, but I I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear a single thing he did. Couldn't even even hear his backing vocals, to be honest. That is bad
1: um i feel like whichever device i was listening on really changed whether i could hear the bass because we'll talk about elton john in a bit oh. But the, when i was in the car we listened to a bit on the radio when we were driving i couldn't hear it at all when i was watching it on a tv weirdly i could hear it so well and i was like what the hell this mix is so different maybe it was just a different
2: interesting mix but that is an interesting one because i would say overall I really enjoyed the mixes that were put on iPlayer, Mm. especially as a bass guitarist. Like some of these bass players that I'm about to mention really got an opportunity to like shine through. And they did. Oh my God. Oh boy, did they shine? Where did we start? Where to start? In fact, I will begin quickly. I'm going to have a quick moan. Very quick moan. It's not like you. Some of these session bass players, not like me at all. Don't be silly. Some of you session bass players who are playing at Glastonbury for very, very big artists. You suck at social media. Big time. (laughs) The The first guy I'm going to mention, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't exist online. Couldn't find him. The only picture I could find of him was him at Ashdown headquarters funnily enough. Oh, is it Matt Parker? No, Matt Parker does not play bass for Rick Astley, but I'll tell you who does. It is a wonderful bass player by the name of Jay Cox. Now, if you have not watched the Rick Astley footage on iPlayer, I strongly advise you do. It was one of... I'm giving it the number two slot for the whole weekend, personally, out of everything I've watched.
1: What, in terms of sets?
2: Yeah, overall sets stage show well there wasn't really a stage show it was 12 o'clock on the saturday but um super entertaining obviously played never going to give you up it was amazing he looks Um, good doesn't he
1: for his age
2: yeah he's a he's a proud northern lad, rick astley he's about he lives about 30 minutes away from me oh wow he lives he lives in a little town which is in between wigan and warrington
1: those are two words
2: I said two words, you don't know what that means, that's fine. If you check my Instagram story, Johnny, which no one else will be able to do because this will have expired by then, you'll see a very funny meme about Wigan, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Yeah, Rick Astley's band, really, really good, really good set. Bass is a guy called Jay Cox. He was playing a lovely P-bass for most of the set, and then when it went a bit 80s, he whacked out some monstrous active five string Uh that i couldn't really work out what it was i tried to find him online to try and figure out what it what it was but as far as i'm concerned i don't think he has social media or a website or anything like that so i couldn't really find the guy if you're a bass player which i hope you are if you're listening to this uh go on iplayer fast forward to the end he plays never going to give you up and then introduces the band at the end and they all take a little solo you will hear the best slap bass guitar solo I've ever heard in my life. Oh man, it was, it was mega, mate. It was absolutely mega.
1: It slapped. Um, I'm trying to f- really did. I'm trying to desperately trying to find it now, so I can so I can comment because that's making me quite excited.
2: <laughs> You're trying yeah. to find it on iPlayer right now?
1: Uh, no, I'm no. I'm looking furiously. Oh, I can see his white P bass. I was looking on YouTube. Yeah, my friend YouTube um cool well rick astley i think like good on him like everyone just knows him for never gonna give you up you know and like he's just
2: like living
1: it he's just, like yeah don't care like love that song
2: um, well i mean testament to that even more to like big him up even more you know he was on for about 45 minutes i'm gonna say and he he ended with never gonna give you up but at no point did i think. Oh, I'm just kind of waiting for Never Gonna Give You Up. Every yeah. song he played was mint. Really? And then, out of nowhere, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Highway to Hell drumming part because everyone's going to mention that, and that was amazing. Yeah, I just saw he did that. A cover of, uh, he did a cover of As It Was by Harry Styles, and I swear to God he should release it. It was... His voice fit it so well. I mean, they are both northern at the end of the day, but it was so good.
0: So good! I can
1: see... Um... I can see all the dancers like absolutely going for it at the minute. I'm never going to give you out. That's cool.
2: Yeah, they all, came out, they all came out at the end. It was mega. And all the, all the security at the front are doing yeah, the dance. That, sorry,
1: that's <laughs> what I meant. All the security. Um, yeah. Back to base stuff. I just paused yes. it. And I can see, like you alluded to, there is some Ashdown ABM gear there. There, there is indeed. Nice, nice, nice. We like a bit of that. Um, it looks like an ABM probably 900 head The 410 cab, the base, I can see it now. It looks like Yamaha-esque to me. I can't quite tell. Yeah, it
2: does a bit, doesn't it? I thought it might have been a Yamaha or some mental Peavey kind of thing.
1: I'm trying to get see if there's a closer shot. But yeah, watch, never going to give you up on YouTube or iPlayer. uh, So you can go and have a look for yourselves. Very, very cool. Um, I'll step in with one now. Um, I'll step in with two. And I'm a bit sad because I was kind of watching this in the background and didn't really see what it was um, or who the artist was. Cause I was around, uh, my fiance's, uh, around the in-laws, um, house for, for tea that night. So I didn't see what was going on really. It was just on in the background. And I saw two of the like radio one, like almost like rooftop sessions that they were doing on the little stage that they had there. Um, and I saw two, yes, two, um, alpha bases. I think they were both five strings and yeah, I was, it was literally like the Leo um, DiCaprio meme of me pointing like that as soon as I saw them. Um, And yeah, I love seeing them out in the wild and seeing some like nice British boutique basses at Glastonbury was very, very cool. So that was one of my, one of my bass highlights that I saw there.
2: It's always nice to see something uh, British that isn't broken or on fire.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like our government.
2: <laughs> oh, them. I'm so glad you went there before me. That's nice. Got them. Um Or on strike, which I would like to add that I fully support. Absolutely. We support equal fair pay. I will, exactly. I will segue, um, since we talked about Ashdown, I will very quickly touch on the lovely Nate Mendel from mm. Foo Fighters. Yep. Foo Fighters, of course, played the not very secret set on the Friday. Yeah. Um, I'll keep it quick. Ashdown gear, signature P-Bass, sounded amazing. Job done. Moving on. I'm going to touch on Lizzo. Let's talk about Lizzo.
1: Mm, Let us.
2: I was not particularly familiar with Lizzo's music. I mean, obviously, I've heard it. It's everywhere at the end of the day. It's Lizzo. But I'd never really watched anything. I am now a fully converted... Lizite. I subscribe (laughs) to the book of Lizzo. Absolutely. Yas, Queen, Slay. Amazing. Another one I strongly recommend. Lizzo's bass player is a lovely lady called Zuri Appleby. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. And I believe, one, they were absolutely ripping it, uh, the entire set. They were absolutely amazing. And um, alongside that, they were rocking a, what I think might have been like a PJ Spectre. Kind of thing. Oh, it was a Schechter because they've posted on uh, they've posted online talking about it in the past. Because uh, I, I of course, stalked their Instagram because they had an Instagram. Isn't that Yay. nice?
1: Amazing.
2: And they have been sharing a lot of love for Schechter and it would appear to be some sort of black PJ bass, but it sounded really good. There's loads of dirty synth bass going on, which I don't think they were playing. But at the same time, the actual bass parts, like things like like Juice, for example, that was definitely getting played on electric bass, and it just, oh, it just sounded so good. There
1: there are, I know, I've watched um, some Ian Martin Allison content before, where he's been like, guys, you're sleeping on Lizzo. Like, listen to these bass lines; they're so good,
2: and just like little slapping pops. I know about damn time is the one that gets talked about a lot, Mm. but. If you want a nice, simple song that's easy to play, it's the same bass line all the way through, and it's really good fun, I would strongly recommend you learn Juice. Mm. The whole riff's, like, on one string, but it's so fun to play. It's got all these little hammer-ons, which are written in a nice rhythm. Really cool. Uh, Jury Appleby, if you're listening, because of course you are, um, you are absolutely a 10 out of 10 bass player. Oh, I really want to go and watch that after we record this now, because, damn, that does sound very
1: good i only heard snippets of that on like tiktok so i haven't had like a proper uh listen to it yet with headphones or with a speaker you know anything like that so very excited to hear the bass in its true form um lovely um i'm trying to think of who else we saw shall we should we stop beating around the bush and talk about um our favorite our our favorite uh lady
2: miss carly ray jepson please absolutely um carly ray jepson guys
1: i'm just saying i'm just saying you guys have been late to the carly game okay i have been
2: you all have been
1: carly ray jepson fan since first album came out everyone was like oh call me maybe so annoying guys you need to listen to the rest of that album it's the worst song on the album it kiss is an absolute kiss the first album
2: yeah what's the one after it the one that's got um I always forget the name of the song, but I'd argue, I'd argue really, it's the really, best really, pop really, song really, ever written. I really, really, really oh, no, oh, the yeah, other yeah, one. The,
1: yeah, yeah, I know the one you mean. Um, oh,
2: what's it called?
1: The one that they played at Glastonbury.
2: This, the saxophone one. Yeah, that
1: one. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like if Taylor Swift did that run song, Run away with me. There we go. Run, run away with me. Yeah, if if Taylor Swift did that song, it would be the biggest fucking pop song. Like it's
2: absolutely. So I good. I've watched I've watched a 25 minute YouTube video where a guy breaks down the music theory behind it yeah. and explains why it's one of the best songs ever written. And you know what? If you disagree with me, you're wrong because I've got a degree in music. Ooh. So that means I am allowed to win every music argument ever. I just, I just am. just am.
1: That's why it's never really a big bass debate, because I, I dare challenge your wisdom.
2: Exactly. You know? Exactly. I am spreading the good words. Metallica are the greatest band ever, Nickelback are amazing, and Oasis are better than the Beatles. Whoa. And That's Car- right. And
1: Carly beats them all, you know?
2: And Carly beats them all, absolutely. Uh, Beyonce
1: who? <laughs> But yeah, Carly Ray Jepsen is so good. I've I've met her as well, and she was bloody lovely. Um, I'm sorry, could you repeat that please? I met Carly Ray Jepson. Oh my god. Uh and she was very, very nice indeed. Um I'm gonna show you, Chris, a picture of Please of, do show me. Of, While you turn both. that
2: around, I will talk very quickly. That is very cool. Um you have an impressive beard and really white teeth, I might add, in that picture.
1: There we are. It's my hair's in nice. a man bun as well. It's all tied back.
2: Impressive, very and edgy. I like it. That's that's how people describe me. Hmm. Um.
1: But yeah, back to the bass. Uh, the set was oh yeah, amazing. oh
2: and, and what a bass and exactly. what a bass.
1: Straight away, I spotted. I was like, wait, I know that headstock. Was that a? It was a custom five-string Serek bass. Um, if you don't know Serek bases, go and check them out. They are one of my favorite like boutique bass builders or like custom bass builders so so cool um this was a oh i'm gonna oh, that's the thing i don't really know the model names I, it wasn't a lincoln it was their other one that they do
2: i'm afraid i i i don't know very uh, well
1: whilst we talk i will look it up but it was in shell pink it matched the aesthetic of the band sounded great just looked fantastic and yeah i seric bases are so so cool Oh, I'd love well, to. Well, while
2: you find it, I will tell you Carly Ray Jepsen's bass player uh, is a guy called Bobby Wooten the third. Wooten. Or as I like to call him, uh yeah, Wooten. Exactly. Hmm, interesting. Uh I would prefer to call him uh, Bobby Wooten free, Wooten Harder. Also <laughs> uh <laughs> Also I really tried to do this one with a straight face. My personal favourite I'm gonna call him is uh Bobby Wooten free Revenge of the Sith.
1: Nice. Um, I
2: think it was an Armitage, Sarek. An Armitage, very nice. Um, I wonder, I should have Googled this, I wonder if he's related to another person with the surname of Wooten. Well, that is what I did think. Um, what is his name again, sorry? Bobby. Bobby, yep. Wooten. Woo, oh, the third, yes. The number three.
1: Uh, let's have a look. I, I reckon he could... Oh, oh, my God. Katie Holmes' ex-boyfriend, apparently. Whose? Katie Holmes's ex-boyfriend.
2: What, who was married to Tom Cruise?
1: I guess so. Wait.
2: As in, as in, as in Rachel from Batman Begins?
1: <laughs> I guess so.
2: It's interesting but person. not Rachel from the other two films interesting looking mm. at you Maggie Gyllenhaal
1: <laughs> oh jeez. um I, I'm struggling to find this a little bit not gonna lie
2: oh well it's dead er, Johnny we'll dead we'll let it go. oh well
1: oh well maybe one day
2: it won't oh help. well Bobby if you're listening if you could send us your family tree that would be very much appreciated
1: uh no relation to Victor Wooten
2: what a shame um I have one more person to talk to. as Talk about, not a talk to. God, Mm. I wish we could get him on the podcast. Um, I have one last bass player to shout out as my... I'm calling him the best bass player of Glastonbury. Wow, what an accolade. It's me. I was playing... No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm giving a shout out, a very big shout out to Matt Bissonette, who is, of course... Elton John's bass player.
1: Oh, oh yeah, I, you know I didn't know who you were going to say, and then I was like, "Who? Oh yes, the the other one that I watched."
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh 100%. my god, Elton John's set at Glastonbury was absolutely perfect, off the wall, like incredible, just relentless
1: banger after banger, and those bass lines are. Notoriously hard, like they are not simple at all. He's all over that fretboard. If you, I always remember the first time I noticed the bass in an Elton John song was listening to one of my favorite Christmas songs, which is "Step Into Christmas." Um, oh, banger! Absolute absolutely, banger! Absolutely. Um, and that the bass on that song is crazy. It's like no, no verse and chorus is the same. It's it's wild. It going crazy in the background, and I'm like oh my goodness, like, this sounds amazing. So I was actually really looking forward to analysing the bass a little bit more. And it just sounded so tight and sounded awesome. Um, Did you happen to notice what the the gear was that was being
2: played? Oh, I absolutely did, because every single bass player I knew was talking about it constantly. (laughs) Uh, The dear old Matt Bissonette plays a absolutely magical five string music man. Mm-hmm. And it had just this it had this really nice, like mid-rangey, I call it like a burp, that kind of sound. It was like a bit of a yeah. nice low mid kind of thing. Not rumbly, not muddy, just like just it just it just worked. It sounded so good. And just like the iPlayer footage of him playing at Glastonbury and the big concert that's on Disney Plus the bass is mixed so so well, and uh, yeah, Elton John bass lines are not easy. Um, I have to play. I'm still standing quite a lot at oh. weddings, and now I know it, it is fine. But let's just say it took me quite a while to get that bass line down in mm. the verse. The verse is really hard. Seriously, like go and go and try and learn it. It's on the verse is actually only three chords,
0: really? and you only play three yeah.
2: notes. But the rhythm is an absolute nightmare. It's like stabby, but you're coming in on like the free and all the time. It's like all over the place. It's nuts. But yes, Matt Bissonette, I believe he plays Mark Bass amps, I think. I swear I saw that. I might be wrong. But none of his gear was on stage. He had a really so, cool 6x10 next to him. That was just black, so I'm not too sure. Uh, I think it was Absolutely a amazing SWR,
1: I think. Oh, okay. The cab that I saw.
2: I will say as well, um, it was very funny watching um, Brandon Flowers from The Killers come out to do a song. And as soon as he came out, um, I saw on Twitter, someone said, oh, I see Alan Partridge has arrived. (laughs) And uh, it absolutely broke me into Tiny Pieces. And it completely, because I think, didn't they play Tiny Dancer? Yeah, they did. Um, Absolutely ruined it for me. I spent the whole three minutes laughing my head off. In this bright red suit that he had on, I mean, he looked great. Teeth were a bit big, though. <laughs> yeah, I, they, I, I didn't like.
1: I feel like I haven't seen him for a long time, and I was like, I yeah. sat down watching it with Lily, and I was like, God, this guy's giving me. She was like, Who's that? And I said, Oh, this he's giving me like Brandon Flowers like vibes. And then she's like, Oh, it is. I was like, Ah,
2: my eyes do not deceive me. He had a very, very, very American face. That's probably the easiest way I could describe it.
1: 100%. He very much did. Yeah,
2: but very, very good. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Strongly recommend you watch it. Um, Amazing bass playing, amazing set overall. And uh, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, I will be absolutely doing my best to record a bass cover of Mm. an Elton John tune this week, I think. Just Just for a bit of fun.
1: Good luck. Um, the, I suppose the other, well, what, what is, what one is it? The one you said? I'm still standing that you play in weddings. Yes. That's that's the one.
2: Absolutely. Actually, quick point before we move on. Um, I found out, well, because Elton John said it, Elton John has had the same drum player. God, I forgot how to say the word drummer then. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so sorry. He's had the same drummer and same percussion player since day one in Insane. Day one, the drummer's seventy five, and Elton John seventy six, and yeah. he's only ever had one drummer his entire professional career. It's been the same two guys since day one, every gig.
1: Yeah, crazy. The um, uh, my uh, Lily's my my partner. Her mum and dad went to see Elton John last year, and he said he was he was up there drumming, and he had pipes going in him with like for like oxygen tanks, and he was like. It's clearly quite unwell, but he's still up there playing. Like, wow! What a legend. Well, yeah,
2: I mean, they're all like. Could you imagine? Like, I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I get pretty bloody tired playing for two and a half hours, and I am. I mean, I know. I know I look it, but I am not seventy five <laughs> years old. <laughs>
1: well Well, you just let the
2: secret out there because I always thought you were. Whoops. Yeah, yeah I am actually seventy five. God, my career's a mess for my age. Anyway. <laughs>
1: um yeah overall i think you know some great things i actually saw one quad cortex at glastonbury did you i did um it was oh joel mc uh, thingy um i watched it because um my uh someone i know got on the screens on tv because they were on someone's shoulders there so i was watching it back to see if they're on there um nice but, uh but yeah, oh God, what was the artist's name? They had like a, it's not Joel Mook. Oh no, that's an, I'm actor. I'm going to do a really
2: quick shout out before you give that give away that person's name. Mm. Um, Louis Capaldi was amazing as well. Yeah. I don't know his bass player because um, I didn't look because I forgot, but nice P bass, like black and red P bass sounded really good felt so bad for Lewis capaldi like he he was unreal like he kept he kept apologizing between songs saying he couldn't sing really well um the crowd joined him for like loads of the set but like he was unbelievable like i really mm. um he's announced today that he's basically just not gonna be touring again for the foreseeable future to focus on his health which he's definitely having watched his his netflix documentary and stuff yeah. that's definitely the right move for him and and um I feel like he's definitely been like pushed by the music industry to like keep going and power through, even though he's clearly unwell and trying to get to grips with something as severe as Tourette's and he's not had an opportunity to get used to it. So, obviously, Lewis, big man. I know you're listening, of course. Uh, get well soon and all that. And um, when he comes back, he's going to be just fine. He's he's unbelievable. He's one of the best singers alive, I think.
1: He's incredible. And I always think with him that like even if... Yeah, he decides that the singing, you know, is is not gonna be able to perform like long term. I think he's just got such an incredible future ahead, regardless. Um, because of his incredible, you know, ability to entertain yeah. people. Uh and that's what he does best, you know. So very, very cool. Um Yeah, I think so too. Uh yeah, but yeah, an incredible artist as well. I'd love to see him. Um, but once he's better, of course for his own
2: absolutely and i I hope he gets better very soon
1: Mm. um i can't find the name of that artist i'm sorry but yeah Ah,
2: and it was a uh what looked like
1: an american pjp bass in white as well so i was like what Nice." i see that i see that oh Um, hello hello there i know what you're doing i see you always um yeah very cool um i do wish i had watched a bit more glastonbury stuff it does make me want to go i'm going to try and get a ticket next year i think
2: Well, the great thing about the BBC iPlayer app is you can watch it all for 30 days. Wow. Wow. I haven't watched Queen's of the Stone Age yet. Um, I've not watched Royal Blood yet. Uh, I've not watched Nova Twins yet. Uh, I'm not going to watch the rest of Guns N' Roses because that mix was unforgivable, in my opinion. And um, I was tempted to watch the Latham set because the Lathams are, of course, from Wigan. Um, But... Uh, I get jealous far too easily and the fact that musicians from Wigan <laughs> like, doing oh. better than me is uh, quite simply unforgivable. Uh, yeah. I am kidding. Please, no one screen record that. The Lathams are a great band and a testament to the best town in the <laughs> northwest of England.
1: Sure thing, man. Whatever you say, I trust you. I don't want to argue with you.
2: Okay. That's fine. That's Please perfectly don't okay. Don't hurt me. Please up. don't Northern hurt me. man.
1: <laughs> is that the
2: podcast... I think it is. And you know what? It's actually longer than last week's. Wow. That's crazy. We, we By like went, three minutes, we went ham.
1: We went ham. Um, if you guys also want to go ham, um, you can rate this podcast five stars on your listening platform of choice it really helps something to do with the algorithms okay so give us a five star rating let us know what you think if you want to ask a question as well on this podcast make sure you go and follow us both on instagram for myself it's at johnny dibble and for chris it is at that guy on base um yeah We put a poll up on there and make sure you submit your questions to us there. And give us a cheeky follow, of course, and stay up to date. Um, For myself, you can subscribe to me on the YouTube, uh, just forward slash Johnny Dibble. That's where you can find most of my stuff. Chris, where can people find you and all the bits you are doing?
2: You can find me quite literally everywhere under that guy on bass. Uh, if you could be ever so cheeky, if you wouldn't mind giving my band Dala a follow as well on all things social media, that would be insanely appreciated. We've only been a band for a couple of weeks. Uh, you probably already know this if you're a repeat listener, but it's going well. We've had our first single out. It's had a really good reception. We're a baby band, you know. I'm not going to act like we're a huge band because we're not. I think we've got like 170 followers on Instagram at the moment. But this is your opportunity to get in at the ground floor. Subscribe now. Um, There are no prizes for you to subscribe. There is no uh, punishment if you do not. Uh, I'm just asking you if you could, please. That'd be really nice. Cheers.
1: Give it a bloody go. It is some lovely, lovely stuff. And you will not, not be disappointed. Um, I think that's it for me. So once again everyone, thank you so much for listening.
2: See you later. Ta ta for now.